It's hard to find an educator or coach who hasn't been charmed by the Apple TV hit series, Ted Lasso. What initially appeared to viewers as a silly fish out of water tale of an American football coach making the move to coaching Premier League team Richmond United in England has surprised us all with its empathy and depth while still bringing the laughs and quotable lines in spades. Are we about to take you through a fun Six Degrees game to examine some of the many connections between our world and the Ted Lasso way? You better believe it. Welcome back to the Grounded Learners Guild Pop Culture Winter Wonderland. Our intention here is to have some low-key, easily digestible content during times that are very busy for educators usually. So this is a time for some fun and binge-worthy enjoyment while still keeping things connected very much to what we do. And in order to have this lighthearted episode, we play a game in the pop culture winter wonderland called Six Degrees of Education, where we take something from popular culture, from TVs, movies, or music, and try to make six connections between that thing and our world of education, leadership, and teams. And we also have a set of norms, and this time we've got three. So the norms for this episode to keep us on track, we have to work within a 20-minute time frame, which is kind of a lot for us talkers, but we like to keep it short on these mini-sodes. So 20 minutes is our target. And then our second one is spoilers will follow on this one, especially with our Ted Lasso fans. Hopefully you've seen it all the way through, but if you haven't, you might want to finish up that season two before you listen in today. And then finally, and this is a new one, we are actually going to avoid talking about Rebecca in this episode because we have some plans for her in our redemptive leadership episode that's coming up in a few weeks. So we don't want to talk too heavily about her. So we're going to keep her off of the table. So if you wonder why we don't bring her up as much, that's our third norm. All right. So I'm hoping everybody's had a chance to enjoy Ted Lasso by now because it hurts my heart to think of folks who have not. But Casey, just in case anybody needs a little refresher, do you mind running it down? Yep. And I'll try to keep it brief. And also within that no Rebecca norm, which is going to be really, really hard for Mm -hmm. me because she's amazing. Ted Lasso really is the story of a British football, aka soccer club, who hires a American football coach to coach their team and all of the shenanigans that happen as a result of that but also it's a truly heartwarming story about how all of these characters grow interact with each other and you just really fall in love with them so that's the basic gist of ted lasso that's so true i remember especially after the first season saying that watching ted lasso ted lasso makes me want to be a better human yep Well put. That show is a happy space. All right, so let's jump right in, guys. So let's talk about what connection we can get from the Roy Kent effect. And let's watch our language here. (laughs) (laughs) It's so hard to watch your language when you're talking about (laughs) Virtually impossible. So Roy in the first season we'll talk about is the captain of Richmond, the name of the football club. And he is the tried and true dog. He's been there. He's seen it all. He's really approaching the end of his career as a footballer. And to me, he reminds me of that veteran teacher that still is amazing at what they do, but maybe they have a little bit more of that rough, crusty exterior (laughs) that you have to chip away at. But once you do, that person you're working with really has got your back. So to me, that's what Roy Kent reminds me of. 
I love that. One of the things I think about so much when I think about Roy is really well-executed mentorship. Mm-hmm. And that definitely can involve some of those really seasoned vets. But when I think about Roy, if you watch when his humanity really starts to come out, it's when you see him with his little niece, Phoebe, and her school. And that's even like the first time he and Ted ever connect. Later, you watch him working with Isaac, the new captain, after his role has shifted a little bit. And he's really good at getting younger people inspired to do the best at what they do. His mentorship skills are on point, and there is very little equal to that particular skill in the show. People want to be coached by him, and people want to be mentored by him, so that's the Roy Kent effect in my mind. Yep, you can't judge a book by its cover, especially with all of the curse words that come (laughs) after him, which, when you think about it, in London. They can get away with a lot more swear words than we can here. So, but that sounds better. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds so much more intelligent. But you can't judge a book by its cover. And there is a gooey center there. He feels deeply. He puts on this hard exterior, like you said, Casey. And so most people don't tell you what's really going on in their inner core. You really have to invest in getting to know people to really know that. And then he's a prime example of that. Well, and two, to tap into what you were saying, Emily, we talk about feedback has to be honest, it has to be observable. And I think in his rough exterior, Roy's candor (laughs) in his always telling people exactly what he thinks and feels, especially in season two when he becomes the pundit, is what's so endearing. People crave that kind of honest candor and just from him it's funny but i think it's amplified to say that we need to be as polite but also as candid as we can with people in order to see growth and as teachers to see progress so we're gonna shift gears away from roy here and we're going to pop into a slightly more minor character but i feel like we have to say his name and title in full because he always does trent crim the independent I can start this one, believe it or not. I've been thinking about this one a lot. So you know how there's just a lot of educators out there who are like, I would love to have somebody just shadow me for the day. I would love to have someone from the community or someone from the board or an administrator just walk a mile in my shoes, see what I do for the day. And when they set Krim up to write the story about Ted Lasso, and it's interesting too, because it kind of starts out in that way where I think this, hey, walk a mile in my shoes, buddy, type of mentality. It seems like there's a little bit of an adversarial relationship Mm -hmm. between Ted and Trent. But it's interesting that that act of shadowing and walking alongside that person for the day, taking that time to observe who they really are and look at what they really do and face every day. Trent watched people call Ted names to his face. He watched how Ted coached. He watched everything about Ted's life that day and walked away with a much deeper understanding of that. It's interesting that so many people in education are like, well, sign up to sub if you feel like that. If we can take some of that adversarial nature and just set it aside for a minute and think about learning about what other people do and how they spend their day just to learn, it can really lead to that place of increased understanding like it does for Trent with Ted. Even from a wider scope, Trent represents the media and Ted's relationship. British football is life. The yeah. quote Danny Rojas there. <laughs> um, football is life for the Brits. And there is this, who is this guy? How dare this guy come in and take 
something and claim he can teach our guys about something. And I am seeing more of that in my work with teachers because of that relationship or what that tension that teachers are feeling when they're caught between administrators and parents and the students that they really are doing their best to serve. We could learn as a society a lot from Trent's open and willingness to really see the good in spite of that tension and that pressure. Initially, Trent, what he does is intimidate a lot of people. And when you think of the sphere of education, when there's outside stakeholders or community members that come in and are asking questions, oftentimes it's easy to be, especially as a leader, either intimidated or how do I handle this? And Ted takes it in stride. He is never at all thrown off. He has this type of confidence that even maybe behind the scenes by himself, as you learn in in season two with his anxiety and everything, you don't see that initially. But really what he shows is that he can be trusted as a leader, even if he doesn't have all of the skills. He believes in himself and he believes in his players. That transparency and being willing to talk to outside stakeholders, like I know what I'm doing and you can trust me with that confidence is an important skill as a leader to show. For sure. Now we're going to switch to one of the other coaches on Ted Lasso's coaching staff. This is about Coach Beard, his tried and true right-hand man. We're actually calling this part to make connections beard episodes because there is a moment in season two where there is a Coach Beard exclusive episode and it is different from other episodes. <laughs> it is a bizarre one yes, thrown in there. But strange. Emily, didn't you find out that that was an extraneous episode that they filmed much later? Yeah, so I guess the love for Ted Lasso was greater than anticipated. So in season two, they requested more episodes than the writers of the show had been prepared to do. So the Beard episode and the Christmas episode were filmed after the completion of the rest of the season. Explains a lot. (laughs) Yeah, so that's why either of those two might seem a little out of context. But well, before I give anything away about our connections, what uh, what can we connect with? Perfect segue for my connection. (laughs) Hit it, Casey. In this case, the beard. Episode reminds me of the teacher's subplan, like the rainy day <laughs> subplan. It is completely out of context. That's it's, good. And oh, you yeah. hope it ties into the learning that happens. But all of us as teachers, we know that we're supposed to have an emergency sub plan, like a <laughs> lesson that someone could essentially, when they come into your class, plug and play. And that to me reminds me of the beard episode. You're just trying to pray that it works in context, depending on when it's delivered. And while this episode did not necessarily work in context, but what I loved about it was that you finally get to know the backstory story of Beard. So Beard is this enigma for all of season one. And into season two, you're just like, who is this guy? You get snippets and he's hilarious. And you're feeling like there's got to be more to this story. You hear about his love affair with what's her name? Jane. 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 And you're always kind of like, well, what is that story? Again, yes, it is a random episode that doesn't really fall in line with the story. But yet we get to know him and what he's about. That's another talking point to the importance of knowing your people and going back Mm -hmm. to one of our previous episodes with the personality puzzle and having to know your people. and, And how do you do that if you don't learn about the backstory, if you don't ask the questions, if you don't have that curiosity. And so Beard is one of those people that it's worth getting to know, and you're going to get a lot more out of it when you do explore that. 
I'm going to go a completely different direction with this. I love it because yeah, I uh, all three have different ones. <laughs> when I watched the beard episode, one of the things I found so interesting about it was they didn't put him with any other major character on the show. And I consider Beard to be a pretty introverted guy, hearkening back to my liking to suss out personalities, but also the introvert episode. He tends to soak up the energy of whoever he's around. And even though he is very much his own man, and we'll talk at mm-hmm. length about like living in a simulation and weird stuff like that, it's interesting that when you put him around people that are a little more positive and invested, and when he's around Paul and the other guys in the pub, it seems like he's enjoying himself and able to talk and make connections. Put him around Jane, he just gets weirder. Like, <laughs> I think it has to do with how people are influenced by the people that they make choices to surround themselves with and how their ultimate effectiveness is affected by the people that they surround themselves with. When we start working in a place or particularly in a new place and you're getting to know new people, you want to pay attention to who you're functioning at your best with and who Mm -hmm. is making you your best self when you're around them. And I think Beard's still trying to figure that out in that episode and that whole episode is a bit of a journey there. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, this one actually, Beard is still at the table. So let's just <laughs> keep him right there. And we're going to zoom out a little bit and talk about the Diamond Dogs. Ow! This one fits so <laughs> yeah. good with us. It is like hands down slam dunk. You know what you're going to do for this. Yeah. So I'll just let Casey start. Like this is the guild, right? Whenever yep. these guys have a problem, whenever <laughs> Nate and Ted and Beard and who's the other guy? Is that uh, Higgins? Higgins. I knew it started with an H. And then eventually Roy joins the fold later whenever any of them <laughs> have a problem they're like all right meeting of the diamond dogs howl (laughs) and they're able to solve their problems together we all know whether it's with our plcs or that trusted colleague that we work with across the hall it is far better to go with a guild than go it alone I agree with you. I was just going to be even more explicit and specific about our life this year. Is Every once in a while, we decide we need a Wednesday circle the wagons. We'll make a three-way phone call and talk to each other all the way home from work. Mm-hmm. What's going on? How are things going? What do we need to work on? Check in. But every member of this guild is finding a way to be present and be a part of that conversation. And I think of the way they're all like jammed in that office. That office is not intended even for that many people to sit around in it. But I think it's funny that they create space and time to talk to each other and learn about their problems, their challenges, their successes, and do a little bit of crunching through things together. And then they leave feeling good about it, which I always do when I talk to you guys on Wednesday afternoons. So this is once again, our public service announcement to all of you out there listening is find your diamond dogs or find your guild. You need your people because it's proven to be important and work and help you be at your best. Be around your diamond dogs. Be better. Like beard. (laughs) There you go. Well, speaking of someone who needs to find their best self, let's talk about our friend Jamie Tart singing optional. Yeah. The moment that really sticks out to me about Jamie is that scene in season two where his dad comes to the locker room. And you can tell that when dad comes into the locker room, Jamie just shrinks. Now in earlier seasons, he is this larger than life. He wears icon on his hat. He has this complete macho stance that he tries to portray himself to be. And then when dad comes in, you can really start to understand and see where that personality came from, why he puts on that armor, why he puts on that mask. And a fight breaks out. 
Jamie defends himself. And then ultimately Beard drags dad out. And Roy comes in to give him the biggest hug. And I'm crying my eyes out during the For anyone that doesn't know, they're nemesis. Oh, yes. They do not. Roy and Jamie are... are Roy hasn't even spoken to Jamie coach to player. Not once prior to that. So this is a reminder. The more we get to know our students... and the teachers we work with, but the more we get to know them, the stronger the relationships we have with them, the more we can be that support, that advocate, and really understand where they're coming from in order to help teach or coach them. I could say that that was honestly the first one that was on my mind, but for the sake of being different, the next one that comes to mind is just thinking about where season two starts off and he's on that, what is that, Love Game Love Island? Island. Love Island, it's almost like The Bachelor or something. It's kind of the same thing, but... It's like eyebrow shaved. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's competing for the love of some woman and they're all... Reality TV. It's reality TV. Yeah. Yes. Bringing in another one of our previous mm-hmm. minisodes. <laughs> yeah. So he has left the game of football. You can see, as Casey mentioned, he's got this backstory that's dark and with his family, but yet he's an incredibly talented football player. And what I liken that to is you might need to leave or make changes to see where Mm -hmm. you want to be and then realize what you might have missed or you come to appreciate it more. And so he ends up coming back. He played for another team and then he comes back to Richmond. He does a little bit of hopping around to find where his purpose and plan is for his work. But you can see that he's supported by and finds his best opportunity to play when he's with the Richmond players who bring out the best in him. Well put. I'm going to look at this similarly to how Casey did, but very much through a coaching lens because Jamie Tart and how Ted works with him is some of Ted Lasso's finest coaching that we ever see on the show. So as Casey mentioned, there's this bravado that's trying to hide vulnerability in Jamie, but he wears that not just in an armor way, but in an outward aggression and disdain Mm -hmm. for everybody around him. And when Ted works early on to try to reach him, Jamie pushes him away basically says he's the only good player on the team and that he doesn't need to listen to Ted. And I think at the end of that, Ted continues to quietly work around Jamie, but show him things. But what's interesting is it's not all lovey-dovey sweetness. I think one of the moments where he makes a pivotal choice in dealing with Jamie is when he benches him. And that is saying, I care for you. I know you're talented. Sky's the limit for you, as Ted says. But Right now, you're not respecting everybody else on this team, so it's time for you to step aside, and we're going to try to work on playing as a team. So what Ted does in that moment is he sets a norm. He sets a priority. In our team, we make the extra pass, and we don't treat each other this way. He sets a boundary, and ultimately... In returning to the team, Jamie not only respects it, but is a much, much better player for it. So I could keep going about this, but I got to respect that norm. So I'm going to make this quick. It's about coaching norms, boundaries to ultimately hit that breakthrough. There's a huge puzzle that goes into reaching every individual learner, and it's so important. You got it. All right. So our very last one, then we'll get through this one speed round style. This is something that Ted says to his players. So the quote here is, be a goal. I am not going to miss this opportunity to talk about the heart for this show for me, which is 
Sam Obasanya. He is the one that Ted says this to. He's feeling guilty that he missed a really important play. He feels like he's this failure. And Ted says, be a goldfish. Let it go because goldfish have the shortest memory. They don't have a memory. So try to do your best to shake it off and move forward. Keep moving on. And that becomes something that Sam frequently leans on whether it's something he outwardly says or not but you can tell it really sunk in with him and he's going to keep trying so for me the connection is we're going to have bad days and it seems like right now we still two almost three years later are having more bad days it may be than good and so we've got to do what we can to be a goldfish and try again whether that's to make changes, to grow as professional developers, whether that's to grow as teachers or to help support our students and to walk into that classroom another day. Be a goldfish the best you can. Mine is the amount of quotable lines from Ted Lasso are amazing. And that's just one of them. Be a goldfish, believe. There's just so many good ones out there in the show. And this is just another example of those. Whether or not he plans them out, he's got all of these great little nuggets for his players. And that's just, again, another sign of a great leader that can inspire, can be a mentor, can say the hard things and give the hard feedback. He is, by and large, somebody that that entire team respects, win or lose. And what's not to want to be like that or emulate that, especially as you grow into leadership and thinking about our leaders in education as well. We could take a lot and learn a lot from Ted. And I'm going to keep this one super short. I was thinking very similarly to Casey, but I had one word ringing through my head when I was thinking about being a goldfish, and that word was resilience. That's what that quote is all about, is a way of illustrating to players a way that they can use a metaphor. Yay, we love that, (laughs) to find their inner resilience. So I'm going to stop that there. So we're going to switch into game mode here for a second. But before we do, I did want to mention, for any of you who are enjoying hearing a little bit of connection between Ted Lasso and the world of coaching, we are respecting a norm right now, but we've got a lot more in our pocket with this. And luckily, we do have the opportunity to do so. Yeah, so on February 4th, we are going to be delivering what we're calling a TED Talk, what coaches and educators can learn from Ted Lasso as part of the closing session for DitchCon through the Lake County of Illinois Regional Office of Education. It's their yearly conference. And so it's a combination of live, but Zoom presentations in addition to recorded sessions. So definitely visit their website at lake.k12.illinois.us to learn more and we'll be presenting all about this in Ted Lasso. Awesome. We would love to have as many listeners who can join us for that. Please do so so that we can have more fun with our TED Talk. Speaking of fun, let's jump into game time here. I'm going to have to pass the ball. I'm going to make the extra pass. So Casey, can you explain this game here and lead us through it? So as Jenny, you have noted several times, I am, I guess... (laughs) unintentionally the accent queen. So whether I (laughs) intend to or not, I develop an accent if I ever go out on vacation somewhere. I'm always talking like the the yokels. (laughs) I'm 
always talking about like the, I'm always talking like the locals. So this particular game, I have to give credit to, I'm a big Graham Norton fan that when I used to have cable and BBC, I would always watch Graham Norton and now I just catch up with it on YouTube. Well, this game came directly from one of his episodes. It has guest stars, Jamie Foxx, Cameron Diaz and Usher. And what Graham tries to do is he tries to help them speak with a British Cockney Uh accent. So Cockney is from the, I believe, the eastern section of London. It's a very, very distinct accent, and it's typically characterized by people of the working class. So in Ted Lasso, it's like the pub guys. Mm -hmm. Many of the pub guys speak with a Cockney accent. So I have written courtesy of Graham Norton, three words written phonetically that you each need to speak and you will essentially be speaking the phrase with a Cockney accent. All right. I'm going to throw a disclaimer. (laughs) If we have any British listeners, I've never been to England at all. Um, And I'm sorry. This is going to be weird. (laughs) Let's try it. We didn't study these words Casey put in front of us until (laughs) just now. So we haven't had a chance to really even say them out loud or practice. So how are we going to do this? Is Casey (laughs) just going to read it accentless? No. So what I'm going to do is, Emily, I'm going to have you say the first word. And then, Jenny, you're going to translate it. (laughs) See if you understand what she's saying when she says it. Okay. All right. So what I'm looking at the little phrase here is corda panda. Corta panda? Corta panda. Corta panda. Corta panda. Is that a quarter pounder? Corta panda. Oh. Would you like fries with that? Corta panda. Corta panda. Corta panda. Can I have a corta panda with cheese, please? There goes her accent. All right. Can't help her see. Yep, All right. There what's it the is. next one? Jenny is doing this one. Got oh, it. No. Alma, how much is it? Oh, how much is it? How much is it? Yeah, I get Five this game now. Quarter <laughs> panda. How much is it? How much is it? How much is it? Okay, our last one is Janadamine. Janadamine. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Janadamine. <laughs> That was awesome. Congratulations. Oh Welcome. You have now spoken with an accent. Good job. Sweet. <laughs> Got a slice of life as Casey Beach. <laughs> Love it. And that's a wrap for another GLG mini-sode, Six Degrees of Education. A sincere thank you for joining us on this journey as we advocate for adult learners and aim to contribute to this community with genuine conversations about education, leadership, and topics that matter to you. If you'd like to connect, you can find us on our website, thegroundedlearnersguild.com, and on Twitter at GroundedLGuild, at CVeacher, at TechCoachM, and at Jenny Labrie using the hashtag GLGPodChat. Feedback is a powerful tool that allows us to be responsive to the topics that matter to you most. If you haven't already, or are finding us for the first time, how about leaving us a review? It helps us to improve our work allows us to bring you quality and customized content and assist others in finding our guild as well. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you stream. That way you will be notified with a reminder when our newest episodes drop. Thanks again for joining us, Casey, Emily, and me, Jenny, on this mini-sode of the Grounded Learners Guild. See you at the next guild meeting, and in the meantime, do your best to stay grounded.